0: Well, hello again everyone and welcome to cotton grower magazine's fabled cotton companion podcast and uh welcome to the month of august uh where as our friend oa cleveland likes to refer to it the doldrums have set in for cotton uh in terms of the weather and the heat and uh, maybe that's a good thing at this point of the year but O.A. he looks at it from an economist's perspective and sees a continued six cents price range for cotton with no end in sight and at the field level you know, those bugs, uh, those pests still need some attention, and the crop needs a bit of fertilizer or a good rain, and just kind of the basics of daily management going on out there. Nothing exciting, as you guys know, just routine management. We are well and truly uh, getting into the home stretch of this season. I am Beck Barnes, the business director and longtime editor of Cotton Grower Magazine. And as you may have noticed, I am not Jim Steadman, uh, your faithful host of this podcast. Normally you'd be hearing his voice at this time, but Jim is having some technical difficulties. There have been a spate of uh, pretty serious thunderstorms roll through Memphis here the past several weeks, and one of them uh, took out his electricity and his, uh, his Wi-Fi capabilities down there, and he's been dealing with one of those big behemoth uh, Wi-Fi slash phone companies, and y'all know the routine if you have ever dealt with them. It's not an easy process to get somebody on the phone to come down there and uh, anyhow uh thoughts and prayers are with jim as he goes through, through that through that process at this time I know it's no fun so uh I'm gonna be uh the your um uh, substitute teacher today and uh boy I'm happy to be here so Speaking of those August doldrums, they may extend a little bit longer through the month. Uh, although here the past two days in Memphis, we have had a little break in the heat. Uh, for those literary Cotton Companion podcast listeners, you know, that's what Faulkner was talking about when he named his book A Light in August. That's the first couple of days in the month of August where it's kind of like the fever breaks from those 100 degree days and you get uh, your first hint of fall there at a... Uh, uh, maybe in the early morning or as the sun sets in the evening. And that's what we've had here in Memphis. It was 80 degrees uh, yesterday during the golden hour here in Memphis. It was lovely. And uh, I was stuck inside with a with a head cold. If you can't tell, yeah, I sound like I got a frog in my throat. Uh, so not able to enjoy it. And I know it's going to go back to being 100 degrees here soon, but I hope some of y'all enjoy some nice weather here the past week here in the Mid-South. Uh, You know, cry me a river, poor, poor, pitiful me, as Warren Zevin once said, me and my head cold. I'll be okay. Now, in this episode, we're going to take another look at the new Climate Smart Cotton Program uh, that's under new management uh, there at the U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol. The program is just getting its feet under it, and it's it's ready to move ahead with some features that many cotton growers should be interested in. And as always, uh, there's a deadline uh, coming up. There's a deadline involved. Chad Brewer, a senior scientist with the Trust Protocol, he's helping manage the Climate Smart program and he is going to join us in just a few minutes to discuss more details. Uh, I actually saw Chad, he and I go to the same church here in Memphis and I saw him on Sunday and uh, boy he was uh, keeping busy, he was getting ready to get on a plane to go out to Cary, to Cotton Inc. in Cary, North Carolina. Uh, after church that day. And I, he was uh, super busy, he had his family with him, but he said, yeah, i got an interview with uh, Judge Stutman, I'm gonna be talking to y'all. And uh, anyhow, I was happy to hear that. because Chad is an extremely sharp fella, and I know the Trust Protocol is happy to have him on their team. Okay, but first, we wanna welcome a new sponsor to the Cotton Companion, and that's the folks at Hargill who have a new program in place related to soil regeneration and carbon. Uh, Our our colleague and custom editor, Larry Aylward, recently visited with Jared Jacobs of Cargill to find out more about those programs in this custom interview.
1: Hello, I'm Larry Aylward, custom content editor for Meister Media Worldwide, the publisher of Cotton Grower Magazine. I'd like to welcome Jared Jacobs, the conservation agronomy manager for Cargill Region Connect.
2: Jared, welcome. Thanks, Larry. Glad to visit with you this morning.
1: Jared, tell us about yourself and
2: and your role with Cargill. So, Larry, I'm the the lead agronomist for Cargill's Region Connect program. Uh, Our team of agronomists cover 24 states, and we work alongside growers to implement soil health practices in their operation. We work with growers in all stages of regenerative agriculture. Um, Some are just beginning to reduce tillage. Um, others we have are implementing new cover crops and changing their management and termination techniques of those cover crops to maximize the benefits they can see in the soil.
1: Gary, talk about what regenerative agriculture is and how it helps the soil. So regenerative
2: agriculture, in my opinion, is the key to building soil health and resiliency. Um, and there's there's a long list of benefits that, that we couldn't begin to cover today in, in the short time we have. Um, Implementing practices like no-till and cover crops, they keep the soil, the nutrients, and the moisture in the field and available to the crops during the growing season. We also see improved soil structure that leads to plant root growth, uh, increased water holding capacity, and compaction alleviation from years of, of tillage. Lastly, and kind of the one that I like the most is soil biology. Um, As we increase the health of our soil, we also increase the population and the health of our soil biology. Um, And that works in turn to improve residue breakdown, uh, improve nutrient cycling and increase plant health during the growing season.
1: These practices aren't universally practiced. So what is the benefit for farmers?
2: Building soil health and resiliency has many benefits to the ground, but it also helps with farmer profitability. You know, keeping our topsoil in place, reducing fuel and labor consumption by eliminating a tillage pass, and reducing nutrient runoff by the implementation of a cover crop and no-till all play into a farm's bottom line. Through Cargill's Region Connect program, we also partner with growers to implement these practices with financial assistance and education. We know this change in management takes time, And we want to work with growers for long-term success in these practices.
1: Jared, how do you overcome skepticism from farmers about regenerative agricultural practices?
2: So, Larry, there's there's no denying that in implementing these regenerative practices on an operation is a change of mindset from how we've traditionally farmed. Um, There's a wide array of tillage and cover crops that are being used throughout our region connect territory. And the environment, soil type, and crop, they all play a role in in the best fit for, for each operation. Um, and that's where our team of agronomists come in. Um, we work with growers to find the best fit for their operation, and we make sure they're going into each growing success, season with success. We also have been holding field days each summer so growers can see the practices firsthand. They can gain knowledge of the benefits for their operation and hear success stories from farmers firsthand that are in their area Jared, if someone wants to work with Cargill, what would that look like? Cargill's Region Connect team, you know, we pride ourselves in meeting growers where they're at in their soil health journey. And our program has the ability to let growers ease into these practices. Our program connects growers and their operation to our downstream customers that need environmental outcomes to achieve their corporate sustainability goals. Um, Region Connect is also meeting the growing demand of regeneratively sourced cotton and we offer a premium on bales that have been grown using regenerative practices. If a grower is interested in learning more um, about our program, they can visit cargillregionconnect.com or talk to their local Cargill representative.
1: Jared, thank you for taking the time to provide cotton growers with this pertinent information about regenerative agricultural practices.
2: Thank you, Larry. Uh, glad Glad to speak to you today.
1: Okay, a big thanks to Larry and
0: to Jared of Cargill for sharing that information. Before we get to the topic of the day, there is some news regarding a new weed management option that's going to be coming to a cotton field near you in the coming months. Uh, I guess maybe next season. Let's see. BASF has announced that it has received the final key import approvals for its Axant Flex herbicide tolerant technology and Axant Flex Twinlink plus insect control technologies. That clears the way for planting of Axant Flex cotton in the U.S., both with and without TwinLink Plus in FiberMax and Stoneville cotton varieties. Axant Flex provides cotton growers with more weed control options, including tolerance to glyphosate, glufosinate, and dicamba, as well as HPPD, with the mode of action isoxoflutol. Lord help me, isoxoflutol. If you were counting, that's four herbicide tolerances in this technology with EPA approval for the HPPD mode of action still pending. Agzant Flex varieties are also stacked with multiple native traits to protect against some of cotton's toughest pets, including root knot nematode, reniform nematode, and bacterial leaf blight. Now one note, Agzant Flex technologies will not be available for purchase in all areas at this time, but if you want to learn more about this technology, contact your local BASF rep or just visit axant flexcom That's A-X-A-N-T-flex.com. And uh, we're going to take a quick look at USDA crop progress cotton numbers for early August, as we always do. Uh, for those of y'all keeping score, squaring is now reported in 92% of the total crop. That's up six percentage points in the past week and one point shy of the five-year average for the date. Uh, Bowl set is now visible in 63% of the total crop. That's up 16 points in the past week. And uh, it's right on the nose for the five-year average. So I think that's normally a good thing when we're we're keeping up with uh, uh, what the average is over that long stretch. Open bowls made their first appearance of the 2023 season in 8% of the U.S. crop this week. That means I better be seeing some Cotton Kids pictures in the CG inboxes here coming up soon. And cotton condition remains relatively steady, but still trending slightly down. The crop is rated 41% good to excellent, 25% fair, and now 34% poor to very poor.
3: We're all aware of the goals and early successes for the U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol, which is now in its third year with membership climbing rapidly among growers, retailers, mills, and manufacturers. Several months ago, the Trust Protocol received a $90 million Climate Smart grant from USDA to help fund additional programs for growers and other segments of the industry. That Climate Smart Cotton program is now up and running, and joining us today to discuss the program, its goals, and other details is Chad Brewer, senior scientist with the U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol and manager of the Climate Smart Cotton program. Chad, thanks for joining us. And welcome to the Cotton Companion.
4: Well, thank you. It is always a pleasure to visit with you, folks, and uh, certainly uh, a great opportunity for us to talk about our Climate Smart Commodities Grant.
3: Great. Well, let's let's talk about it. the The Trust Protocol has been remarkably successful, in my opinion, certainly in its growth over the past three years. I understand the Climate Smart uh, Cotton Program has a five-year timeline. What do you hope to accomplish over the next few years? Because I'm I'm sure you kind of got to start slowly and
4: carefully, correct? We do. um, We do need to be uh, measured in our exuberance because I tell you, we really are excited about this opportunity. Um, We received uh, uh, the grant, the final signatures on the grant in late April and began to implement it uh, May 1st. Um, and part of the process was developing an enrollment strategy uh, for farmers. So some of the the three highlighted points I would wanna bring out to uh, your listeners are that we're gonna en- enroll 1,650 cotton farms across the United States, and uh, specifically we have 330 of those enrollments uh, slated for the historically underserved community. Um, that's uh, the scope of it. Um, and that's roughly about 10% of the U.S. cotton farming operations. Um, the The, the, the uh, grant has three tiers. Uh, level one is enrollment in the U.S. Cotton Trust protocol. And that really is a, in an effort to help uh, the U.S. cotton industry document and then verify the sustainable practices that we are already doing. Um, and then in level two of the Climate Smart Grant, the uh, Climate Smart Cotton Program, we actually get to provide technical assistance as well as financial assistance uh, to de-risk some of the uh, Climate Smart uh, agricultural practices. And the, the three that we're primarily focused on are uh, cover cropping, uh, going to a no-till production systems where possible, as well as developing nutrient management plans uh, for these farms and we're able to offer three years of technical and financial assistance for those three, uh, those three practices. And the third tier of this program is to provide an on-ramp uh, for these cotton farms into the uh, carbon inset market. So it's a, it's a great opportunity for farmers that are interested in sustainability and exploring these new options um, in the carbon market.
3: Well, uh, I know carbon has been kind of a hot topic uh, recently, and uh, and we're still studying it from a, from an editorial perspective. How much interest do you have among the cotton community at this point on uh, on carbon contracts?
4: The uh, the interest is there. I think uh, the farmers are being, in general, to generalize, farmers are being approached by uh, several entities um, out in the ag market space that are talking about carbon. Um, but there is some uh confusion around the carbon markets and perhaps you know how does a farmer get involved with it what does it really mean um is this a a legitimate revenue stream and so part of our uh, work with the grant is provide that technical assistance that helps um clear away some of that clutter and let farmers make an informed decision
3: okay that's great um when a, when a grower does get enrolled and, and accepted into this this program, they're one of the lucky sixteen hundred. And you touched on it briefly, but let's go into a little bit more detail. What
4: sort of value or advantages to expect? Well, sure. So some of the some of the direct measurable or tangible advantages um, really begin um, with level one enrollment. So the financial assistance for enrollment in the Cotton Trust Protocol is we will provide. an acre up to 706 acres. So you think of $5 an acre for a maximum of uh, $3,530 for their enrollment into the U.S. Cotton Trust protocol. And that uh, also includes, you know, uploading their cotton bale production into our platform. Um, Once they do that and they say, hey, we are definitely interested in in, um, more information about these practice changes in level two, then um, what we'll do is get them in touch with uh, some of our partners like uh, Soil Health Institute, uh, which will be helping us provide the technical resources uh, to help implement those practice changes on their farms. If they're able to uh, implement cover crops, for example, we help de-risk that change by offering a $25 per acre incentive. And then of course, $5 an acre for Um, no-till production, going to a no-till production practice, and then another $5 an acre for that um, uh, nutrient management plan. Now, So what's really interesting about um, these practice changes is they'll get that incentive from the uh, U.S. Cotton Program uh, to do those practice changes, but because they made the practice change, that makes them potentially eligible to enter into that carbon space because they uh, are sequestering or uh, removing um, the emission of you know uh, greenhouse gases um, from their operation and so we will provide an on-ramp in our level three pro uh, part of the program will provide an on-ramp for those farmers uh, to enter into that carbon space through our ecosystem service market provider that we contracted so it's a a really great opportunity uh, to, to kind of uh, trial, use uh, some of this stuff on their farm. I'm sure a lot of folks are going to be listening to
3: this and suddenly pulling their pencils out to try to start. You did mention that the Soil Health Institute is one of your partners, and I understand there's several other partners out there that's working with you. Who are those partners, and, and what do they bring to the table as far as programs are concerned?
4: Oh, absolutely. This is definitely a joint effort, and every time I talk about this, I really... I'm proud to say that we're partnered with these folks. So um, we have, uh, of course, the National Cotton Council, um, then the uh, uh, Cotton Incorporated Soil Health Institute, and then we have several universities. So Texas A&M is one of the universities, and then Alabama A&M University, North Carolina A&T University. And then, of course, if you're familiar with the AgriCenter International there in Memphis, they're also a partner with us on this grant. Um, and I think what makes this a little bit unique is that Target Corporation has also uh, partnered with us to provide some matching funds for these practice changes. So it really engages um, the entire supply chain from farmer from all the way to end-user brands and retailers.
3: I think it's interesting that Target remains deeply involved with this program. I'm sure they're looking after their own sustainability interests to a certain degree.
4: Target is interested in this because of the 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 sustainability uh, portion, the same sustainability story that they'll get to tell um, with the production of this Climate Smart Cotton. So it's a it's a really good opportunity for the entire cotton industry.
3: That sounds great. I know you mentioned you have a deadline coming up here soon. Tell us a little bit about what growers need to do to learn about the program and start the application process that ends here in three weeks.
4: Yeah, you bet. So uh, the enrollment period for the 2023 crop is going to end September 1st, 2023. Um, and, but if growers don't get in in this year, then we're going to begin accepting applications again in January 1st, 2024. Um, but, but, you know, we really encourage folks to go ahead and enroll in 23, um, secure their spot because these 1,650 spots will be, uh, Used up on a first come first serve basis.
3: There is a lot of interest out there, and you said you're getting your you're you're, uh, you're starting to get busy here over the last over the last uh, few weeks on this. So uh, I'm sure a lot of people are gonna be are interested in this, and are all gonna be seeing to see exactly how this program works out. Uh, I think right now it's it's yourself and and maybe a few other people working on this full time. Uh, you guys gonna gonna have to uh, to
4: grow your just a little bit to make this all work. <laughs> we sure are. We sure are. Um, so one of the the key roles that we're going to be filling is the enrollment specialist position. So we have three enrollment specialists that will be uh, across the Cotton Belt um, in the southeast and southwest and west. And these uh this enrollment specialist position will be the customer facing role um, out in the world that will be working alongside Soil Health Institute. Um, on the farm to uh, help these uh, cotton farmers uh, implement these practices um, and then uh, also get enrolled in the program. So we we have those positions posted and we're definitely seeking applicants for those positions until August the 15th.
3: Okay, that's great. Well, I know it's a busy time and you have a lot of things on your plate, so we're gonna let you go. I do appreciate you taking time to join us today This is truly an exciting program and i think there are a lot of details involved but i also think there are a lot of promise for the industry so we're going to keep watching your progress and let's get back together soon for some more updates
4: i would absolutely love to do that thanks for having us on thank you chad so all right that's going to
0: do it for this episode of the cotton companion podcast a special thanks to chad brewer for taking time out of his busy schedule to visit with us about the new climate smart cotton program a big thanks to to Cargill for their participation with the Cotton Companion, uh, and as always, we want to say thank you, dear listeners, for joining us and sticking with me through this uh, through my uh, uh, frog in my throat sounding voice. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode, and if you like what you've heard, please be sure to spread the word and tell your friends about the Cotton Companion podcast.
1: Here's where and how they can find us. You can find the Cotton Companion in three easy ways. First, go to cottongrower.com forward companion, or simply click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. Second, subscribe to our channel on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts these days. And three, sign up for our weekly e-newsletter, the Cotton Grower e-news, that's delivered to your email inbox every Tuesday morning. You can do that by going to cottongrower.com forward slash subscribe. Also, be sure to follow Cotton Grower on social media. We are at Cotton Grower Mag on Twitter. And on Facebook, you'll find us by searching for Cotton Grower Magazine.
0: The Cotton Companion Podcast is produced twice monthly by Tyler Hatch and Kim Henderson, our talented colleagues at the world headquarters of Meister Media Worldwide in lovely Willoughby, Ohio. I'm Beck Barnes, standing in for Jim Stedman. We're both going to be back with you, we promise, in two weeks with the next episode of The Cotton Companion. Until then, stay safe and keep cool. Yeah,
4: it works and it works and it works and it works all day. God
3: made it fun.
4: Yeah, it works and it works and it works and it works and it works all day.
3: Yeah. No.